welcome to the Equipus Church Surrey podcast. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. because we've got a very exciting end of service for you. Just We're going to be anointing every one of you with oil. So I just want to unpack, what is this thing called the anointing? Anointing, what does it mean? Why do we use oil? You know, sometimes it seems a bit weird why we dab people on the forehead with oil. So let me just talk to you about what it all means. Well, the word anoint in the Hebrew and in the Greek means these things. To rub on, to pour on, to smear, sprinkle, saturate somebody or something with an oily substance, such as oil, butter, ointment, even a perfumed oil. So it's a bit like, you know, you've got your sponge, you want to do some washing up, you've got to saturate it with some fairy liquid if you wanted to do the proper job. So that sponge is being anointed with fairy liquid, you could say. It's being saturated. That's really all that it means, that word, anoint. And historically, over many cultures over the centuries, especially in the Jewish nation, they used to anoint people's heads or bodies with oil for different reasons, out of, out of respect, uh, or even for medicine, or even as part of religious ceremonies. And we see in the Bible God instituting this whole practice of anointing with oil in certain situations. For example, to set people apart, like you saw this morning, to consecrate, to dedicate certain people for a role that he commissioned. So that role was his idea. Maybe a king, somebody he was going to put them into a place of being a prophet or a priest to the nation. And he told the children of Israel, anoint them with oil and set them in that place. But God also said, use oil to consecrate buildings, to consecrate uh, uh, items of furnishing, like bowls and plates and things like that, for his service. So oil was used to dedicate things and people, buildings to God. They were made holy. So there was something powerful, even in the Old Testament we see, on this thing called the anointing. And then we see also, the Bible tells us that there's going to be a deliverer who's coming, whose name was going to be Messiah. Do you know that word Messiah means the anointed one? We see that word anoint again, even in the name of the Messiah. And then the New Testament tells us that the Messiah is Jesus. But do you know Jesus' name wasn't just Jesus, it was Jesus Christ. And do you know what Christ means? It's not just a surname like Mark Collard or Lavinia Dua. Jesus Christ. Christ means Christos, which means the anointed one. So right throughout the Bible, God wants to say very clearly that he thinks that anointing is very powerful, very important, and something that he values extremely highly. So much so that he calls his son The anointed one. The anointed one. Amen? Jesus was the anointed one. But what was Jesus anointed with? 
Was it something invisible, like an invisible oil that he walked around with? What was he anointed with? Well, Acts, Acts 10.38 tells us, basically, it's right there. It says this in Acts 10.38, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. How many of you are glad that God was anointed, saturated with the Holy Spirit, that he could do all that he could do, all that he did, rather, with uh, healing people, delivering people, teaching people, loving people. And if we look at that word anoint in the New Testament, it means a few more things. It means chosen. It means given spiritual gifts to extend the kingdom of heaven. So there we are. We see the word anoint used throughout the Old Testament. We see it used in the life of Jesus. But I want to tell you there's even more excitement, exciting things to do with this word anointing. Something for us, for us today, even now. And let me just give you, go, before I go to the next passage to explain this, I want to just give you a little bit of background to a passage uh, found in the book of Corinthians, the second book. So 2 Corinthians was written by the Apostle Paul. And the background is he had been facing some criticism. He'd been facing some accusations from people in the church where he had served. How many of you have experienced criticism or accusations in your life? Okay, it's not very nice. Not only that, but he'd been facing many dangers, many sorrows, he says. And he starts off writing in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. It's not going to come up behind you. I'm just going to read it out to you quite quickly. But I want you to see if there's a particular word that you keep hearing again and again. Okay, just listen to what I'm going to read. He starts off with a greeting. He says, may undeserved favor and endless peace be yours continually. From God our Father, from our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. Okay, 2 Corinthians 1, is where I'm reading from. All praises belong to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for he is the Father of tender mercy and the God of endless comfort. He comes alongside us to comfort us in every suffering that we come alongside, and also that we come alongside those who are in any painful trial. We can bring them the same comfort that God has poured out on us. And just as we experience the abundance of Christ's sufferings and even more of God's comfort, that is what will cascade upon us through our union with Christ. If trouble weighs us down, that just means that we will receive even more comfort to pass on to you for your deliverance. For the comfort pouring into us empowers us to bring comfort to you. And with this comfort um, upholding you, you can endure victoriously the same suffering that we experience. Now, our hope for you is unshakable because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in God's comforting strength. So can I ask you, what was the word that you kept hearing there a lot? Comfort. Comfort. And... If I can just summarize those verses that I've just read out, what God was basically saying is, 
matter what you're going through, I am here to comfort you just as you will then comfort other people. Okay? What's that got to do with us here in 2022? I don't know about you, but I've found that the last couple of years have been very difficult years, haven't they? For many people, it's been a horrendous time. You've lost loved ones. You've been very sick, perhaps. You've worked extremely hard. You've faced burnout. You've been through all sorts of challenges. Maybe some of you, your marriages broke down. Maybe for some of you, children went away that you did not want. You know, when, for those of you who have children or your aunts or uncles, when a child falls down and hurts their knee, and, they, and mom or dad or aunt or uncle picks them up, what's the first thing that mom or dad or relative will do? Would it be to grab the plaster and say, oh, oh let me just sort your knee out and clean it up and put a plaster. There, there, go on your way. No, the first thing is the hug, the comfort. Why is that? Because that's the way God has made us, that Whenever we're going through any kind of challenging time, pain or sorrow, what God wants us to have is comfort. Comfort is the thing that comes to heal whatever needs to be healed. Whatever's broken on the inside, God can fix it. But what God is saying here through Paul is that just as we, you and I, receive comfort from him, we can then comfort other people with that same extraordinary power that only God can bring. Because then he goes on to say in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, further down that chapter, he says this, it is God who establishes us, which means he enables us, strengthens us with you in Christ and has anointed us and who has put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. So here for pretty much the very first time, believers in the church are hearing this, that just as God anointed Jesus to do all that he could do, that same God is anointing you and I to do all that we've been called to do. Equipus Church, I want to ask you, what have you been called to do in 2022? Some of you know, some of you already know, you're already starting your run on that track. But maybe there are some of you here you just don't know yet. Maybe you're still in that state of being paralyzed because you've been through some kind of trauma. But I want to say to you this morning, as, you, as we lay hands on you and we pray for you and anoint you, just believe that God is going to come and bring the healing, the comfort to your heart to settle whatever needs to be settled so you can run for him that you can work out all that God wants you to work out and to fulfill. So, so far we found out that this anointing, this incredible thing, empowers you and me, enables us, strengthens us. And it's all God's idea. Isn't that incredible? This is God's idea. He initiated it because he knows that we need it. So that's a little bit about the anointing, what it is, what it means. But let me now talk about this oil business, okay? Because some people just think a little bit cray-cray. 
this oil on the body. It's like, yuck, you know, do I really want oil sitting on my forehead? I've got to go and wipe it off. Well, let's just have a look and see what is this oil for. The first mention of oil in the Bible is found in the book of Genesis, Genesis 28. And we read the story of a guy named Jacob. And I won't go into the whole background, but basically he's going on a journey. And in that journey, it becomes night, so he decides he better sleep, rest himself, and get up in the morning to carry on with the journey. And he does a bit of an unusual thing. He takes a stone and uses that for a pillow. A little bit weird, isn't it? I know some of us, you know, we, we like particular types of pillow. We like soft pillows. We like firm pillows. We like feather pillows. We like, um, what's the other thing? Memory foam pillows. But how many of you will choose a stone for a pillow? Very few people. But anyway, that's just an aside. He chooses a stone, lies down on it, but then, but then, in the night, he has this incredible dream. Basically, in the dream, he's, there's this massive ladder going up into heaven. He sees angels walking up and down, and then he sees God. He sees God in his dream, and then God tells him a whole lot of incredible things, incredible promises for his life. Just an amazing dream in every way, in every shape and form. Now, I just want to ask you guys, if you had a dream tomorrow, tonight, where you saw God in your dream, you saw angels in your dream, angelic beings walking up and down, and you woke up in the morning and you, and you, and you realized, my goodness, I've just had the most incredible dream, what would you do? Let me ask you, what would you do? Would you jump up and down as you got out of bed? Would you scream and run around the house and wake everybody up and tell them about your dream? Would you just fall on your knees and just say, God, this is amazing, and take out your book and write it all down? So many things we would do, but how many of you would take your pillow, stick it in the middle of your bedroom floor, and get a bottle of oil from the kitchen and pour oil on that pillow? I don't think anyone would do that here. Let's see what Jacob did and why I say that. The Bible says in Genesis 28, Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. I wasn't even aware of it. And he was also afraid and said, what an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. Then later on, and then, sorry, he, he takes, he says those words, he takes that stone, makes it into a pillar, and pours oil on it. Then the Bible tells, it, tells us three chapters later that God speaks to him again, and God says these words. I am the God of Bethel, that place where he slept, where you anointed the pillar. So what Jacob did to pour oil on that pillow, God now says, you anointed the pillar. And God remembered it. And God honored it. So what I want to say is that when we do anything to do with pouring oil, 
on any situation in a way that we felt led by the Holy Spirit. God takes great pleasure. God takes it into his heart because we are honoring God. So what I want to tell you this morning is putting oil on your heads is actually honoring to God. It's something we're doing to say thank you, God, for every person in this church. Just like Jacob said, thank you, God. What an amazing thing that I would have this dream with you, and I want to remember it by pouring oil. We want to say as a leadership that we want to say thank you to every one of you for being in this church, for supporting us, but we want to bless you and thank God for you as we anoint you with oil. Now, just a few things, just uh, really, as I just uh, bring this all to a close. In ancient times, shepherds anointed their sheep. Did you know that? They anointed the head of their sheep, literally, they poured oil. And why did they do that? Because little insects, nasty insects, would get into the wool of the sheep, work their way up to the body, down the ears, into the brain, end of the sheep. See, the sheep died. Sorry, sorry to hear, sorry to tell you that, for those of you who are animal lovers. But knowing that, the shepherds found that if they put oil on the head of the sheep, those little creatures would approach the ears, but the oil would make them slide off. Now, that's just a great picture of what the oil does for us, because the New Testament tells us that Jesus and the disciples, they would pray for the sick by anointing them with oil. See, so there's some interaction that happens when we lay hands on people who are sick, who are ill, and we anoint them with oil. It's like we're taking extra care that as we apply that oil, we're believing that whatever was the source of that sickness, whether it was a physical issue, a spiritual issue, a mental issue, it will be dealt with. The power of it will be broken by the power of that anointing. At the start of January... 21, i.e. this time last year, I got COVID, and I got it pretty bad, and uh, I was particularly struggling to breathe, and I remember saying to my husband, Ravi, could you just please anoint my chest with oil? Could you just do that? I just feel like I need oil, not just on my forehead, but on my chest, i.e. where my lungs were, and you know, it wasn't long before, after he did that, where I just felt this inspiration to listen to one of our messages in church. I heard the message all about calling the breath to come back into me, and I saw a miracle. So I won't go into that, but basically, I just want to say that, again, another testimony of oil doing something that uh, takes that prayer up to another level. Okay? Now, some of you might be thinking, is it because there's some magic quality about the oil that it does this? No, no, no. The oil is just oil. You can buy it from Sainsbury's, from Tesco, olive oil, any oil, sunflower oil. The oil that we use today is not, hasn't got any magic properties. But here's what happens. The power of the Holy Spirit himself, the power of God is released when people of faith take that oil, place it on a person, and pray in faith. And the oil is just something to help us to connect with God. That's really what it is. See? Because, you know, oil is not like water. Water will just fall off. 
whereas oil sticks on to you. It's a little bit, uh, you, you become very conscious of it. But it stays on. It doesn't go away until you rub it off. That's just a real picture of the Holy Spirit, that he's there to stay on you. Okay? When he fills you, he's there to stay. So I just wanted to add that in. And just a few more verses to show us this amazing effect of being anointed by oil. Isaiah 10.27 says, the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. So I want to ask you today, what yokes are you dealing with? What heavy stuff has been bothering you recently? Maybe it's a heart, heartache, a broken heart. Maybe it's a sin issue that you just found so difficult to overcome. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's mental health issues. What is your issue? It doesn't matter to God. Because the word of God says the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. So come today expecting every yoke that you are under to be destroyed as we anoint you with oil. Amen. I've heard of people, I can even remember one testimony, a young lady with depression and anxiety. She came down the front. We laid hands on her. We prayed anointed her with oil, and she said she saw a picture of a cloud, a black cloud over her, which she knew was her depression and anxiety. And she said, as we prayed for her, it just lifted off. It broke, and she walked out of here a free woman. Amen? So come on. Isaiah 61 talks about the oil of joy for mourning. There's an exchange that can happen right here today. I want to ask you, are you in a state of mourning? Are you still grieving for someone who left your life and you've not been able to overcome that? Come on, God doesn't want you to be stuck there. Yes, there's a time that we mourn and we grieve, but God says, come on, you have to run your race. One day you will meet them, but come on, don't let that sorrow hold you back any further. Exchange that oil of joy and release the, morning, the morning. So just to summarize, the anointing does a whole lot of things for us. It consecrates us, sets us apart, as we saw earlier, but it's also a time of blessing. It destroys heavy yokes, bondages. It brings healing. It releases joy. It empowers us with confidence that we are God's. It empowers us for mission. And taking time to do this gives great pleasure to God. God is so pleased with what's happening this morning. And today we're going to be anointing you. It's not just a religious act. It's not just a ritual, a ritual, a rigmarole that we do at the start of every year. This is love. This is love that's being outworked this morning. Because God loves you. He wants you to be blessed. And we're going to be praying this prayer over you. Found in Numbers chapter 6. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. Turn his face toward you, which means that turn his favor toward you and give you peace. And I want to tell you folks, parents, especially here, 
what we're going to do this morning, you can replicate in your homes. So if you have people who haven't been able to come to church, go home and anoint them. Anoint your homes. Remember I said to you earlier, we can anoint buildings, we can anoint uh, furniture. Take time to anoint your homes. There was a family in our church who was going through a very difficult time when they had some, somebody came into their house, said some very harsh things, things in the house. And not long afterwards, they went through a time where their dogs would start barking at 2 a.m. in the morning, in, early in the morning, every single night. Their daughter would get up and come to their room and not want to sleep on her own. And um, I, this lady spoke to me, and I just said to her, why not just try this? Anoint your home with oil. Bless it. Kick out whatever came in with this person who came and spoke bad stuff. Just kick it out and anoint your daughter. Anoint your dogs. Anoint whatever is there that needs to be anointed. They did that, and everything changed. Everything changed. Within a few days, the dog stopped barking. The daughter was back to sleep, and they felt even a new thing, like what uh, John Everett was saying earlier, just this new sense of feeling devoted to God, feeling dedicated to God. Okay, so folks, please remember to do that. But as in a few moments, we're going to invite you down and Mark will explain what we're going to do. But I just want to end with this final word. Don't just come down and just look at this as just an exercise that we're doing just so that you can go out of there and have some coffee and get on with your day. Come hungry. Come with some passion. Say, God, when that person touches me with that oil, I'm believing for this. I'm believing for this issue to be broken. I'm, I'm believing for this relationship to be healed. I'm believing God for just a new anointing. I am ready, Lord. I don't want to have this old wineskin. Lord, where there's, got a, there's a hardening in my heart, would you soften that, Lord? Where I've got offense or unforgiveness over somebody, Lord, I deal with it right now because I want to come down to you and I want to be ready to receive. What is it that you need? Do you need a financial turnaround? Do you need wisdom? Do you need something new? Well, I want to tell you this morning at Fruitless Church, today is your day. It's the start of 22. Let's go into this year receiving everything that God has for us. And we do it with the anointing and the anointing oil. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening today. If you'd like to connect with Equippers Church, then please visit equippers.co.uk and say hello. And if you enjoyed today's message, you can subscribe and share it with a friend.